my own experience, and maybe you know that too, that there's something about falling in love that's not only about this person, but also about how this person makes everything new, sheds new lights onto things that maybe we'd never seen before, or maybe we're suddenly seeing again, but somehow for the first time. I'm in love with the world through the eyes of a girl. The way that I want to play with that a little bit today is about being in love with the world through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus who so loved the world that Jesus died for the world. Now, important to notice about this encounter with Jesus and Nicodemus a couple of things. One is, is that it's kind of rare for people to come to Jesus alone, one-on-one. Mostly we have these encounters that are very public. Crowds are present, the disciples are present, but here it's just Nicodemus and Jesus. There's another little detail here. And that's Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Now, it's not just that Nicodemus couldn't get off work until, you know, 8 o'clock, and so that's when they made their appointment. But there's this theme of light and darkness that runs through the whole Gospel of John. Some of us find deep hope and comfort in in the the verse that comes from John. The light shine in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Every Wednesday night, we repeat those words in our Holden Evening Prayer. And here it is that Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark. We see Nicodemus in the dark throughout this conversation, in the dark in the sense of just befuddled. And it's very accomplished. An intelligent man is, suddenly doesn't know what to do with himself, with Jesus. Doesn't know what Jesus is talking about. Even though we get just a, a snippet of this, we don't, we don't hear the, what we missed was all the back and forth, the conversation, the confusion, the questions that Nicodemus asked. We just get the final words here. Final word which is about love. Final word that's about light. The kind of light that there's no darkness that we can hide in, that can hide us and separate us from the light. It's the kind of light that's come into the world to show us the world in a whole new way as well as ourselves. Part of what we didn't hear was about the need to be born again or born from above. Those are familiar words for some of us. It's this invitation to see the world through new eyes, through the, the eyes of a newborn. And Susanna is approaching three now. And we're into spring, 
and a year ago spring, Susanna's capacity to appreciate what spring meant was not nearly as great as it is now. And so it's fun to watch her discover spring again and the ability to play outside and the wonder of the grass and the animals that are coming out of hiding and all of these things, the snow that's melting. See the world through her eyes. And that's what Jesus is inviting Nicodemus to do. See the world through Jesus' eyes. That's kind of tough, though. That means Nicodemus has to let go of all that he's accomplished and understood. That's what has to happen first before he can receive this world on new terms. And one teacher and biblical scholar put it this way, that some things are hard to grasp, not because the concepts are subtle or complex, but because they ask so much of us. We don't want to understand. Because if we do, then we are implicated. I wonder if that's what was going on for Nicodemus. Implicated. A lot of people see religion as something that's not full of much light. People would look at perhaps what ISIS is doing. Or even what many people of other faiths would do in response. The violence and darkness that comes out of it. The brazen killing for the camera and the the light of day. Not even the shame to do it at night. So there are questions for all of us, though. Jesus doesn't say that Isis hated the light, and so Isis hid in the darkness, but that people. I mean, how much do we know about what people in Pakistan say, what their experience of U.S. drones is like, or what the experience of our soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder are like. And how could loving the world, Jesus loving the world so much, have anything to do with either of those things? Before we go today, we're going to hear from Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, in which he talks about, we are by nature children of wrath. Ooh, children of wrath. You know, I think about that, I think about that in two ways. One, that being children of wrath means being wrathful. Also, being fearful. Fearing wrath. There's nothing to fear in what Jesus describes. Because God did not send 
the Son into the world in order to condemn the world, in order to exact God's revenge and wrath on a world that rebelled, in order that the world might be saved through Jesus. It's about this light streaming into the world through Jesus, the light that the darkness has not overcome. And so Paul in Ephesians concludes, we are what God has made us. No matter what we have become through our own choices or the way that the darkness in this world has shaped us, we are what God has made us. So there's another way in which Jesus is like a window. Because sometimes when we see through the window, we see what's outside, but there's other times when we can see our own reflection in the glass. And it's different. It's not quite like a mirror that gives us a perfect image, but one that shows us superimposed on the world outside and us filled with whatever light is shining through the window as well. I believe very deeply that the the answer to the crisis that Jesus described is not to beat ourselves up, not to beat anyone else up, but to see ourselves and to see others through Jesus' eyes like that vague image we might see of ourselves in the windows filled with light and love. And in the end, when Jesus is up on the cross, his whole life and death and resurrection, an invitation to look on Jesus and through Jesus in a way that Jesus says, hey, look at this. Watch this, Nicodemus. I know this is hard to understand, but just watch this. And at the, this, this trust fall, in a way. I mean, I'm often amazed at Susanna's willingness to just crash into me, to throw herself into my arms, so much so that I often fall over or have to grab onto something to keep my balance. And in a way, that's what the cross is. Jesus' utter trust in God. God's love, God's providence, God's power to save. Jesus just falls. Let, let's God catch him. This connects in a weird roundabout way to another one of the themes of the Gospel of John, which is that This lifting up on the cross, which is so terrible, is a lifting up in a real sense of enthroning, being lifted high, glorified. This falling is actually arising. Jesus is inviting Nicodemus. Watch this, Nicodemus, so that Nicodemus can do it too. So Nicodemus can see that there is nothing worth killing for. 
there's quite a lot that's worth dying for. This is the light the darkness has not overcome. And this is the Jesus who we meet, not only one-on-one, but all of us together, in the presence of Christ, in bread and wine, this table. We've, we here at All Saints, we throw open that invitation, don't we? Everyone is welcome. Even the littlest of kids, as soon as they're eating solid food, have some bread. Yesterday I had a chance to go to a synod event and heard the bishop talk a little bit about the grace of that kind of an invitation. And also, maybe we should put a warning sign on what goes on up here. The sense that, yeah, everyone can come and eat. And you can't come and eat and then go and hate your enemy. You can't eat here and then go and withhold bread from your neighbor. Because we are now people who are in love with the world through the eyes of our Savior. That love starts with us, maybe, and flows out to the whole world.